Are you a vidiot? Do you get video vision? Experience TV trances? Or have the urge to scream? Then you are a vidiot. May induce fits of happiness. All right, Dustin, we are shaking it up. Doing something a little bit different this time around. This is great. For fans, longtime fans of the show, longtime patrons of our Patreon, we have a segment exclusive to patrons called Tales from the Video Store. It is just that. It's it's tales from, from you and from me and from guests. And we always talk about that time when we both worked there and you know, sometimes it's sometimes people work here, there. Sometimes it's people having ex just experiences in a video store that might be a little crazy. And we are bringing that mainstream to the main show today with uh, some extremely special guests. Yes, the founders and current uh, executive director of a very famous video store here in Southern California called Vidiots. Uh, you'll hear the whole story from everybody involved and how they got their start to where they are now. And it's really special that we had them on the show. Uh, it's like Dustin said, this is a Patreon exclusive show that we're bringing to you guys for the first time. So you can get a taste of what the show is all about. Maybe if you're not a Patreon, you can go check out our Patreon. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, know what I mean? We, we get the opportunity to really kind of do a deeper dive um, into the reason why we love 80s movies to begin with. And a lot of that, you know, stems from the video stores. Uh, the show is called $2 Late Fee. If you've been paying attention, it has to do with video store late fees. And today you get to hear what it was like at Vidiots in 1985, how things started, where things are going. Because guess what folks, Vidiots left, but they're coming back and they're coming back better than ever. So. It, this is a really great opportunity for us to tell the world about Vidiots, tell the world about Tales from the Video Store, and just and just really re relive relive those those that magical time. If you go on our Patreon, again, cheap plug. If you go on our Patreon and sign up for one of the various tiers, you can listen to Tales from the Video Store, and you can be a part of Tales from the Video Store. You can be a guest on the show, on our show, by signing up to our Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash $2 late fee and check out the details. And it's going to, you know, be something that might be right up your alley. Oh, one more thing I want to mention. Vidiots is not only a Southern Southern California, you know, landmark of sorts when it comes to video stores, but it is entirely a women-owned, women-run business. And I want to say, too, that if you want to support uh, Vidiots, because, because guys, because you can, you know, it's obviously supporting independent video stores is extremely important. But you can be a part of the return of the store. You can um, donate. You can, you know, have have shelves shelves in the store named after you. A lot of different ways to participate. The uh, the website for that is vidiotsfoundation.org. Link is in the show notes. Also, I should say that this episode's different, but also this episode theme song is different. You guys know. Our regular theme song, Something to Remember Me By, by Jim Walker. Well, Jim Walker has given us a very special, special theme song. I love this song so much. Um, let's play the entirety because it's the first time. It's like when, you, when, you, when you're when you, binging a show, you know, and you play the full open. And then later people, you know, skip through it. You know what I mean? But that's Jim Walker. Jim Walker. So, Jim, thank you. Um, you guys can check out Jim's music at jvamusic.com. Um, please, please support him. And uh, also in the show notes. Link is always in the show notes. So enjoy our episode of Tales from the Video Store exclusively here on our free feed of $2 late fee. Support independent video stores. Here we go.
gosh, I can't believe, thank you guys. You're All three of you are here, this is great. I guess we should do like a formal introduction, you know, so everyone listening knows who we're, who we're there listening to and whatnot. So uh, joining us is Patty Paulinger. She's one of the co-founders of the original Vidiots way back in the day. Patty, thanks for being on our show. My pleasure. Kathy Tauber, one of the other co-founders of the original Vidiots way back in the day. Kathy, thanks for being on with us. Sure. Thank you for having us. And last but certainly not least, uh, Maggie McKay. Uh, you were the one that kind of got this all going and operating. You are the executive director of Vidiots. Maggie, thanks for being on our show as well. Thank you so much. We're so happy to talk about Vidiots. Any any chance I get to talk about Vidiots, <laughs> especially to a new audience, is very thrilling. I live currently live blocks away from your original location uh, in Santa Monica, and I was a member back in the day. Uh, would frequent it often and was so uh, saddened when it closed, but also very hopeful because of the new store that's going to be launching, right? So um, Maggie, you are are kind of, are you at the forefront of getting that going? Yeah, I'm the, I'm, I'm the front lines, but I um, but, uh, would not be remotely feasible and would not be as far as we are. Um, without Patty and Kathy agreeing to all of this in the first place and um, our board of directors and we have this like extensive advisory council and now we've we've actually even got staff now which is Yay. huge that is huge so um, yeah but I'm <laughs> I'm the one day-to-day -day who's in the space and I'm pushing the pushing the fundraising boulder up the hill it's it's got to be uh, an arduous process, but you know you're you're doing it, and you got a smile on your face, and that's the you know that's all we can ask for at times is like as long as we're smiling, and we're living, and we're healthy, and that's what matters the most. Yeah, well, um, and also when I'm in a room, even if it's a Zoom room with Patty and Kathy, then I then I remember why we're doing all of this in the first place. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I, I I'm I'm curious. Uh, I know Dustin and I did a little bit of research on you guys prior to, to this, uh, to having you on the show, but Kathy and Patty, you guys have known each other for, since you were kids, right? Is that right, Kindergarten. Patty? Nursery? Kindergarten. Nursery wow. school, actually. Yeah, nursery school. Children's Hi. World on Robertson, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> we were there. <laughs> oh, wow. We certainly never thought, oh, we're going to grow up <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. So Patty, Patty, did you? Uh, so who? So who approached who first with the idea of opening up a video store? Well, Kathy and I were both really just unhappy in our jobs, working for other people in a bigger set, corporate setting, or and and we were fishing around for ideas. So. We had a lot of ideas, you know, in those days, it was the frozen yogurt shop and, you know, that, <laughs> but um, we read an article um, in Esquire magazine and um, it talked about these other video stores that were very unusual and had um, unique inventory and one um, in San Francisco, one in New York. Um, anyway, and we were like, there's nothing like this. And this is like a movie town. And I was working for MGM at the time and I knew that there was so much more available out there and um so that's yeah how the idea was born it was really and it was the timing because i was at the time i think both of us going into video stores i didn't even have a vcr but i was going into video stores with friends and i was like there's nothing really interesting i've either seen it or i don't really want to see it and then so then when that article came out it was like oh you can really get some foreign films and um Independent. The whole thing about independent video art and independent films, yep. and that's kind of sparked it. And we're talking early 1980s, right? 85. Early 85. How did you decide up, upon the name? Um, well, we needed a short name because we couldn't afford a, a neon sign. <laughs> and my <laughs> sister actually came up with the name. And, and many people hated the name before we opened. We had people tell us, that's terrible. You're insulting your customers. It's a horrible name. You shouldn't use it. I like to tell people all the time that I really genuinely think if Patty and Kathy had not been so 
forward thinking in naming vidiots and in creating that gorgeous logo that I don't think that we would be around anymore. I, I think the logo and the name and the name recognition attached to the the thing that they actually created, the vibe and the impact on everybody really has given us longevity. But I, I do think a lot of the credit goes to the name and the logo as well. Oh yeah, I mean, it, we um, for everyone listening, you can see it in our show notes and obviously the links provided will take you to Vidiot's website. Vidiot's is, I think, um, we hope we think we're catching you like at the perfect time where you're about to relaunch and take off into this new stratosphere. And um, and I think just going back to those days of nostalgia and revisiting those moments really like are important because it's a historical time that I think often gets overlooked. You know, the, the era of video stores, while it's starting to make a comeback with shows like Stranger Things and whatnot, this relaunch is very exciting. Yeah, I think it's it's um, it is part of our history, and it would there be a lot missing in terms of breadth of titles, human interaction around film. Totally, I'm I'm sure you're familiar with all that. I'm speak, speaking to the choir here, but yeah, um, it's it's definitely in people's you know memory as kids of the good times going to the store and and yeah the zeitgeist right now is there's a resurgence for sure of all that feeling and i know like myself even like going into a record store and i don't realize how much i miss it until i'll walk in and feel that like wow you know yeah touch it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think the pandemic also um the sort of convergence of being on lockdown, being at home, deprived of being around people you're not blood related to, if you were lucky to have other people in your orbit. And um, and then also the sort of streaming wars with the big streamers and um, just the splintering of all of those sort of archives. It The timing of that weirdly has really moved our mission forward in a lot of ways. I don't have to soapbox to as many people as I used to have to. Um, but even the first year I was with Vidiots, there were people, I had a guy who said, well, like I'm a cinephile, but I don't have a DVD player anymore. And I was like, I don't think you can call yourself a cinephile. Yeah, you're not a cinephile, <laughs> right. Yeah. right. And now no one, <laughs> no one anymore says like, why are you trying to build a movie theater and a video store collection? No one has said that to me in at least three years. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Can you talk about the relaunch, sort of where you're at with it? And, what, you know, it's going to be in Eagle Rock, local to L.A., where we are. Um, we're very excited. But obviously, you just mentioned it's not just a video store. There is a theater. Tell us about all the components that we can look forward to. Yeah. So when we closed Vidiots, we knew we were going to reopen. I did. I don't know how everybody else thought, but I was like... I will, I will die on this hill. Um, and, um, and I may yet. I would just say Maggie is about the, she's the most determined person I've ever met. She's, you know, this never would be happening. And her passion is. No one else could have done this. No yeah. one could have done this. Um, I think one of the driving, one of the things that makes me so passionate about it was that I'm, um, the first time I went to meet Patty and Kathy, I didn't know they were Patty and Kathy. I mean, I, was became aware right before I went to meet them that the it was founded by women. But until that point, it had not dawned on me because we live in such a suffice it to say screwed up culture that yeah. anything that's presumed to be cool is always identified as somehow masculine, started by men, driven by men. And when I met Patty and Kathy in person, I was just saying drink the Kool-Aid is like the understatement of the year. I mean, I just, and seeing the collection and like just the collection is just nobody but Patty and Kathy could have put that together. Hmm. So um, so that's the driving force. But um, as far as the new space, um, it's amazing, you guys. It's, uh, it's a marriage between these two things that in 2022 could not exist without each other. So one is a... 11,000 square foot 1929 movie theater with a huge attached storefront 
And then of course, our collection and our history. And um, what we're doing is renovating this amazing building. Uh, the theater ran from 29 until 2000 and um, was a very beloved member of the community for that time um, in slightly different iterations, but um, the projectors didn't turn off for 70 years. And um, so what we're doing with it is slightly, very slightly changing the footprint of the theater space. It was a 900 seat theater through most of its life. It's massive. It doesn't look it from the outside, but it's huge. So we're slightly decreasing the size of the theater interior to create a usable lobby space. The lobby when we inherited the building was about um, a hallway and um, a very spacious and very beautiful jewel box lobby bar area, beer and wine, pretty expensive food offerings, um, a 35 seat flexible micro cinema and a real community event space um, mm. that can be anything from a kid's animation workshop to a birthday party. Um, I have this fantasy about turning it into a polling place on election day. Yes. Um, and then um, of course the video store, which is the heart and soul of the entire thing. Amazing. Kathy and Patty, Kathy, did, did you have this, when you started Vidiots back in 1985, like, did you realize, did you have a, a vision that thinking, oh, this is gonna last for a while? We thought, we, in fact, we hired a consultant that had some stores in Berkeley or a store in Berkeley. And uh, he said, oh, it's a five-year business. You know, you get in, you make some money, get out, you know. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, at the time, our big dilemma was choosing if we should get Betamax. So, yeah, that was like, yeah. we knew formats were changing all the time. So, we was like, yeah, this is not a long-term business. And we opened, we opened with 800 VHS tapes. Oh, wow. We had, like, wow. no money. You know, we're completely underfunded. And we had some film student friends that helped us like really hand pick those 800. They were, everything was great of those 800 movies. Um, but you know, we went from like trying to look like the store wasn't too empty. And then we started with a thousand square feet. So it was tiny when we first opened. And then it ended up being about 3,700 square feet. So we expanded three times. We kept outgrowing the space. Was it always in that, um, because for, for those listening who are, not, who are not familiar with Southern California, uh, I'm familiar with the location that was on um, Pico and yeah. Fourth in Santa Monica. Was it always, was it always that yeah, location? Yeah, it was always okay. there. We had a couple businesses wow. go leave and then we, we took over. There was a pet store next door. We took over part of that space. And not only did the physical space grow, but you, you certainly evolved from 800 VHS tapes as well. Right? <laughs> to 50,000. 50,000. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then in 2010, we put in the annex, which was our like little screening, little screening room. Yep. I remember yeah. when you had trivia nights and I would go to your trivia oh. nights every now and then. But Patty and Kathy had been doing programming before the annex came in. So one of the, that was one of the reasons why I was so drawn to videos initially was because it, it wasn't just a transactional space. I mean, they were, they, you guys had a film programmed, I think right after you opened the Elvis, that little Elvis documentary. So they were, I think very much at the forefront of really thinking about how you build community spaces around art in ways that I don't know of a single other video store that was doing that that early. Now everybody's had to morph and get creative about how they're going to bring people into these spaces. But Patty and Kathy were doing it from day one. And not, yeah, and um, some of our events weren't even um, film related, but they were community based. Like we would go down to the Venice Boardwalk and find a performance artist we liked and bring them in or, um, you know, we or we would just do an event around a film and uh, make it fun and love that yeah we would shut down you know we do a weekend night we had rolling racks so we you know rent chairs and shut down for business for a few hours and they were always free you know free events yeah and we tried to invite like independent filmmakers or video artists as well um 
we once had um, survival research lab come from the Bay Area. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they film these weird robotic things that blow up and um, and actually one of the mem the founding members had blown off part of his hand doing oh. this. And when he came to our store as part of the event, <laughs> he wanted to do some explosives, but we cut that down. But um, <laughs> you already lost part of your hand. We still have <laughs> yeah. these VHS tapes from survival research labs and they're pretty cool. Yeah. They're, wow. Yeah. Would, would that be in your documentary category or what category? Performance <laughs> art, I think, was the category. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was in our performance yeah. art yeah, section. Wow. We, we had a lot of weird sections. Yeah. It is. Uh, no. is it's in storage. Yes. It's still, About, it's still there. That's right. Yeah. Well, and Maggie, you hit upon a really important uh, point that most of these kind of cool, quote unquote, businesses were dominated by dudes. And for you two, Kathy and Patty, to be like, pioneers of this of a movement that yeah is is typically uh, dominated by men or whatever that that's a that's a big uh accomplishment and a and something that needs to be made a bigger deal of we know? never thought yeah. about it well we thought about it when we went to the bank for a loan and they told us to ask our fathers oh no <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> right. yeah we didn't you know we were we were hitting some obstacles but <laughs> I, you know, I never really thought, oh, like we're women, we're, you know, pioneering this or anything like that. I mean, sometimes it did, you know, go to our advantage in negotiating or some, sometimes people would underestimate um, what yep. we were about. So it, some, sometimes it, it worked to our advantage. I think also the fact that Patty and Kathy are women um, absolutely must have had an impact on the good feeling that people experienced going into videos all those years um the feeling that you were in this like really exciting really comfortable fun space i mean videos is one of the few spaces that i had ever been in way before i was involved with videos that really feels like everybody in la is in it and viewed the same way taken care of the same way invited in the same way. Um, and there are very few spaces in LA I can say that about. I've lived here 25 years and Vidiots, it's like Vidiots and the beach and like LACMA or <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. the high profile people feel comfortable there. And the five-year-old kid feels as welcomed and as, um, as taken as seriously as a customer as you know, Keanu or um, Laura Dern. We actually had an eight-year-old kid, Mason, who um, had his own section. He was a film buff, this eight-year-old kid. Oh, <laughs> Gave him his own, his own section, yeah. Do you remember what some of the titles might have been in that section offhand? Oh, no. But one of our, one of our former employees might. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Was was Mason just a regular customer? He came in with his mom. They lived in the neighborhood, and he was just this like pretty highbrow film buff for an eight year old. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. He got older, changed his name to Wes Anderson. Or who knows? Maybe I think he's, he's in I think he ended up being a musician, Mason. I have very eclectic taste. I'll like everything from very considered what highbrow cinematic history to like the lowest of low cult B movies that, you know, Full Moon Entertainment put out or whatever. Uh, because my my palette is very diverse. And I, and I feel like that is a palette that should be um, appreciated rather than looked down upon. Because I so often, especially in the video stores and the record stores, if you like something that's quote unquote mainstream, you're kind of frowned we upon. We always right? had, I mean, that was our pet peeve. We had, you know, one of our former managers that kind of had that we were always just would cringe you know if someone yeah. was embarrassed mm -hmm. to come up and ask for the direct you know a director they didn't know or some thing that uh, one might yeah. see is mainstream or you know crappy um yeah that was our pet peeve because i know some other some other video stores have that reputation 
No, and neither of us had a real film background and Vidiots was kind of our film school and I didn't want anyone to feel excluded or bad. And I have all sorts of eclectic tastes, highbrow, lowbrow. And yes, I don't think that you should be, um, you know, defined by what titles you're renting. Yes, that's, you know, we wanted everyone um, not to feel that snobbery and, and sort of, you know, being judged, yeah. Absolutely. I imagine it's, it could be an issue. Somebody's we, afraid to ask if you have Titanic in and. Right. <laughs> and they got, and the employees got pretty carried away with the categories and the director sections. Mm. And I, I, I was worried like, oh, is someone going to be intimidated by that? That they might just want the movie. They don't know what director it is. Right. You know? Well, not going to lie. You had a heavy influence on me with my subcategories. Uh, Cause I have a huge video collection that, Dustin is fully aware of that he alphabetizes <laughs> alphabetizes based on videos and then down to like minute you know like it's my sports category but then there's the martial arts or the boxing or the a UFO category we have that <laughs> there you go <laughs> one of the really fun campaigns we've launched um to to help fund the relaunch has been people sponsoring sections of the video store and which meant we we did increase the number of director sections um but like you know being able to tell someone we have a ufo section or you know a, like a bikers and um pinup ladies i mean it's and we're not talking there's like one or two movies in these sections we're like the music alone the music sections alone we have an entire section on Zydeco music. Um, wow. It's it's just, it's incredible what Patty and Kathy were able to find and collect. Um, and this is mostly on DVD and Blu-ray. I mean, it, or the DVDs are the bulk of the collection. So it's not like the VHS stuff is really special and it's really rare, but, um, you know, we are actively renting a, a very living um, medium did you were you tape hunters did you go out and like have to go out and curate yourself or are we talking like specifically just catalogs or how did you kind of amass this huge collection warehouses in the valley of like used used tapes um we like literally digging through stuff like treasure hunt it was like a treasure hunt and then we had different um we all different ways in the beginning that we would get rare stuff. Um, sometimes a filmmaker themselves would come into the store and offer something that wasn't that available or um, which happened. Um, we got, I think, Henry Miller as, asleep and awake that way from the filmmaker where Henry Miller's in his bathrobe in the bathroom talking about the writing on the walls. And um, yeah, so, or Rachel Rosenthal, the performance artist, was lived in the neighborhood, so we would get some of her tapes. And then wow. we would seek out some of these smaller catalogs that were unique. And, um, yeah. We had this guy um, who was a, a used tape broker <laughs> who would mm. get us Japanese imports. That's what his card said? Charge a fortune. We'd pay, like, you know, $300 for a, you know, I think his side hustle was selling vintage Hawaiian shirts or something. I <laughs> this is pre eBay guys. It would be like, can you get us yeah. this? This is what we're looking for. That actually, that was back in the day. That was something that was, uh, early Jackie Chan movies were always really hard to come by, uh, especially where I lived in the Bay Area for a bit. And and so if someone ever got their hands on a bootleg, they just you know yeah. you'd swarm over and have a big kind of pizza party or whatever to watch it. Um, you mentioned that filmmakers would come into your store. You dropped Keanu's name and Laura Dern's name. Um, would you say, do you, you have any fond memories of a celebrity or someone well-known that people would go, oh yeah, like a, like a fun story about that? Well, my fun story was that I didn't recognize Keanu when he came in to rent um, and I asked him for his driver's license because he rode in on his motorcycle and, you know, took off the helm. I don't recognize most people at all anyway, but he, of course, was total gentleman and cracked up and thought it was really funny. So, yeah. That was also really a long time ago. That was oh, yeah. really a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. it was a really long time ago. 
I mean, we got really excited when Tom Petty wanted to order, because we used to sell Russ Meyer t-shirts. He got a um, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill for his tour, so from us. So that was nice. that was exciting. You guys, I have a Tom Petty logo tattooed on my arm. You never told me that. Really? You didn't know that story? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, with, I'm a Tom Petty number one fan. Oh, yeah. He Exclusive. wanted the Russ Meyer t-shirt for tour. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... And, um, you know, Marlon Brando, we never got to meet, but he did order um, I Am Cuba from uh, from us, which is a oh. rare documentary. Got a good one. It, it's a clerk story, but we had a good one. The, a, a dear friend of mine who's a founder, founding member of Idiots, is a major donor of the relaunch. He worked for Patty and Kathy for a little while and Carl Weathers came in and he got so like, he fanned out so hard. He could barely <laughs> talk. He was like freaking out. And of course he then could only utter the words action Jackson over no. and over and over again. <laughs> to the point where Carl Weathers Perfect. got like really weirded out and left. And our friend just like <laughs> went running down the street like oh yelling, bye, action, Jack. <laughs> and he was like, I just, it just overwhelmed me and I couldn't control myself. I like that story. That's a good one. That, that's that's amazing. amazing. We love action, Jack. Is that, was it during the 80s or was it, because that would be weirder, I guess, Probably it was later, 90s, much, much later. Right? 90s? Probably okay. 90s. Right. So Action Jackson was no longer in theaters. It was not, <laughs> it was not, no, not a top like rental. Somebody who had watched the movie and like, obsessed yeah, over just it as a, a kid yeah then, yeah i mean we had some great events with you know vigo mortensen reciting poetry and you know yeah. can you talk about that because that i i i know about that event i didn't go to it oh. but tell us about that event um it was a spoken word about event and yeah. um we had xine it was a long time customer really with patty and i would be like yeah i think he's gonna make it as an actor <laughs> um and he also okay. exhibited his photography he's he's like the renaissance man he doesn't just dabble like he's really good at everything yeah. um so he exhibited his photography there and we did have um other uh, visual artists um have their works there one person Bill Barminski, who later uh, worked with Banksy in uh, Brighton, England on a project. And yeah, so that was, that was cool too. And you had a tribute to Harry Dean Stanton, did you not? Yes, that was Maggie's. Maggie put that one together. That was amazing. So fun. That was one of the best events I've ever been to and all credit yeah. to the people who really put it together. I just um, begged and pleaded and shepherded and, <laughs> um, we were lucky enough to get enough people to say yes to us. And then we pulled everybody down the rabbit hole, um, which <laughs> seems to be my specialty. But it was at the ACE, the theater at ACE in 2016, really like less than a year before Harry passed. Mm. And um, I've been a fan weirdly since I was like nine when my mom inappropriately took me to see Paris, Texas, and it changed. Mm -hmm. We talk about this all the time yeah. on our show, inappropriate times to see movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah and, it, and it completely changed my life. I, I don't think I'd yeah. ever experienced um, empathy for a complicated character mm -hmm. before that moment. And then, of course, Harry just kept popping up and things as I got older, like, then, yeah. then I went to, like, Pretty in Pink, and then he was, then I was like, you know, going down the punk rabbit hole and went to, you know, Repo Man, and and then he was just always there, and I loved him, and then I showed this amazing documentary by our friend Sophie Huber at the LA Film Festival when I was working there, and Sophie had always said, like, nobody ever gives Harry proper credit. He's mm -hmm. never been really nominated for a big award. Yep. He's just there and people don't recognize how important he is to the culture and i said well let's let's do a show we'll find a way to give him a tribute at some point this was before um i was talking to patty and kathy about videos and i just kept hitting walls on how to get it funded and how to do it and what the structure would be and then when i went to videos and i knew one 
we had two big dilemmas when I got to videos. One was half, half of everybody thought we were gone already. And the other half thought we were being completely bankrolled um, by Annapurna Pictures, um, which mm, wow. had, Annapurna and Megan had come in with a very generous gift to mm. support Patty and Kathy when they were on the verge of really closing in 2015. But we had not been purchased. We're a 501c3 nonprofit. And we were still very much on, you know, really on the edge in Santa Monica of not being able to stay. And so I thought, oh, okay, we'll do a big event. And then that was finally the impetus to throw this event for Harry. And still to this day, I run into people who are like, aren't you the person who was the at the thing with the Harry Dean? And everybody uniformly will say it was the best event we ever went to. Well, I think it turned out so great because everyone loves Harry. Um, people were, yeah, people were. Yeah, I mean, Angelica in. Houston was there, Chris Christopherson. I mean, it was it was just so, and it was out of love for Harry that they came and told stories that were just incredible. Yeah, it was really great. It's all on our YouTube page and in sort of in sections and everybody kind of has their, like, Karen O sang this song um, with a, the amazing professional whistler, Molly mm. um, Lewis, who, I mean, I have goosebumps just talking about it. And they sang the song that Harry sings in Cool Hand Luke. And it was like, oh, wow. Wow. you can go back and watch the video and you just, it you will feel like you were in the room. So are you envisioning, obviously at your new location, this will be something that we will see more often than not, right? We're very lucky that Maggie's husband is a DJ at K <laughs> KCRW. So hoping to um, have music events and other community, you know, centered events. Yeah. That's really special. The music, I, I think I always, one of the reasons why I really gravitated towards Vidiots was that Patty and Kathy weren't just like cinephiles with capital C. There's this love of music and performance art and it's it's really so it shows you so beautifully how film in a way is the kind of equalizer among the arts and how yep. it can pull in all of these other connective tissues to all of the other art forms that exist and um and we are we don't the arts are not siloed from each other music no. and film can't exist without each other I think mo in modern music and film certainly can't exist without music and so the fact that Patty and Kathy always had a foot I always felt in in music um was very inspiring to me because the Harry Dean event was largely musical performance yeah. I mean and I think you'll see a lot of that at Vidiots for sure we have a love of the music with these movies as well so much of our show is not just about the movies of the 80s and early 90s, but also the music of that time and how unique it was and how sometimes these songs just go by the wayside and get forgotten from a movie. Physical media is making a comeback because digital media is being, one, censored in, to a respect, and two, deleted off your services, uh, you know, it can come and go. 20 years ago or 30 years ago, people said the same thing about records. Oh, records are, it's a dead art form. It's not gonna come back. And you look at records now and it's it's just a part of the normal culture everywhere you go. And so I think the same is gonna be said about DVDs, Blu-rays, VHS companies, or people are putting out VHS tapes again, you know, which is really beautiful. Um, and I think it's just great that you guys are keeping so much of this alive and, and bringing it to the forefront. Well, I think people have this misconception that you can just stream everything, that it's all available and it's so wrong. I mean, yeah. before we shut down, I couldn't believe the things that people would come in and say, no, we can't get this anywhere. You know, that, would, that seemed pretty mainstream. What was Franklin Leonard's statistic about Oh, what was it that he came up with that? At, um... at one point, our friend Franklin Leonard, founder of the Blacklist, came in. This was when we were still open in Santa Monica, so we haven't done the math in a while. But when he looked at it pretty closely, he was like, basically at that time, Vidiot's art collection was two times all of the streaming services combined. 
And wow. yeah, so wow. that, that was like, I we never believe had. It. Yeah. We yeah. were like, no, yeah. that can't yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. And, and now it's even more complicated because of the sort of contentious nature of the big streamers kind of like right. these collect, I mean, things are just All fragmented. Yeah. And beyond that, even if, let's say in a fantasy world for streamers, they were streaming quote unquote everything. You would have to have, a normal person would have to have- A lot of money. 20 streaming services to have even a base level of access to remotely what you would have at a video store. And right. that is simply unaffordable and not inclusive. Yeah. And you know what titles get dropped when a company's bottom line is driving the decisions and um it it not to mention the fact that browsing physical media is completely different than trying to find something mm. you know through a screen it just it's not the same well, I was thinking on the vice versa side because uh, we just had uh, an actor on our show, Stoney Jackson, who, and and he was in a movie called Knights of the City, directed and written by Leon Isaac Kennedy. And it's available on YouTube. You can go and watch it, but the quality is so poor and it's, and it's digitized and it's pixelized. And I think it would be a great gateway for people to see it want that way and then go to your video store and find a way to find it at your video store. Wait, tell me the title again. Knights of the City. You got to check it out. It's basically, Dustin, how would you describe Knights of the City? I don't know that you got to check it out. Let's be clear. <laughs> I don't know it's, that I would say you have to check it out. But it's, it's you know, it's 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 80s. It's like dance gangs. It's sort of, you know, it's, it's yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just very specifically music driven. And what is it? 84? 80? I think it's 84 or 85. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's one great dance scene, I feel like. And yeah. And Smokey Robinson's in it too. Oh. Smokey Robinson and Casey from Casey and the Sunshine Man. Yep. <laughs> um, it's a it's a masterpiece. If you if you don't have that category at your store, you should have a masterpiece section. Uh, a section like it's so bad it's good, a masterpiece. Oh, just, we have, and then we have a two dollar late fee yeah. could sponsor good. it. That's yeah. a good yeah, one. we'll we'll sponsor that for sure. Okay. Can people can people get involved, you know, in in sponsoring you and memberships and, and, and all that good stuff? And and if they can, how can they do that? Yes, please. We need you to get involved. That's how we make art spaces in the city of Los Angeles in 2022, is by coming together to make it happen. Um, people can make donations of any size. Um, they can join as founding members, which are our major donors, 5K and above. Um, they can sponsor a video store shelf at $300. They can make their own unique curated section for a thousand dollars they can uh name a seat in the eagle theater and um and then awesome. people can also get involved by spreading the word about what we're doing we've done most of this fundraising in a pandemic um which meant that for the longest time we were really reaching people through social media and word of mouth it's been a very grassroots campaign whether or not we intended it to be this grassroots, it has been. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, honestly, people telling their friends about the relaunch and tipping off other film lovers to what we're doing has been how we've raised $2.2 million in a pandemic. That's um, amazing. We've got a gap to go to get open, but... Um, but we're closing in on $650,000 and I'm, the building is looking amazing and we will open in 2022. Okay. Okay. I so, so, the, so the gap is closing Yeah. and all of our listeners can help with the gap, help continue to close yep. that gap. Idiotsfoundation.org. Okay. We'll put that below. Yeah. We'll put all those links in the show notes and whatnot. Um, this is kind of a, a random question. Do you remember what the late fees were when you when you opened originally? It was it was per day. So whatever our our think our renters were our rentals were three fifty. So oh, it was three. The per when we opened it was per day. Yeah, it was. And then it was a huge deal when we started giving people two days. Yeah. You know when Blockbuster and Hollywood Video started getting a you know. 
that was the demise of us. Not when they opened, when they started getting rid of their late fees. Yeah, but a new VHS uh, mainstream title when we opened was probably somewhere close to ninety dollars for one VHS. Yeah, the VHS. Yeah. VHS yeah. Right. You were really expensive. Yeah, yeah. Now they are again. It's bizarre. <laughs> right, I right. mean, like. I've turned into like a tape hunter now. I mean, when Bruce Willis announced he was retiring, everybody was freaking out because Moonlighting is not available to stream. Oh. And oh. people were really freaking out. And I was like, because <laughs> we've got them all. And then I discovered we were missing one season. Oh, no. And I was like, okay, $300. Here we go. You found it? Now we have the, yeah. I found wow. it. Yeah. That's what we do. I mean, I'm, tape hunting now for people people email all the time and ask like hey do you have this in the collection a lot of people want to buy stuff and that's when i have to turn them down because we don't sell anything from the collection yeah you you're kind of uh, jumping into my a question as we get ready to wrap up um what's a holy grail movie or tape uh it could be anything do you have one and i don't i'm putting you on the spot of course it's probably um, something in VHS that never went made it to DVD, and um, we had some UCLA archivists go through and pull some of those things out. The Jonas Mikas Happy Birthday John Lennon is pretty rare. A lot of people have asked if they can have ours. It's it's you can see it, but for some reason the physical media copy of it is very special to collectors interesting and my answer is always no <laughs> good, no they can't good have you. <laughs> i mean i remember when we first opened and we we were um i don't know i haven't watched the movie in a long time i don't even know if i would like it anymore but we were looking for a picnic at hanging rock that like it come out and then oh. it had gone out of print and that was one of the things that we found that i i got so excited about um because i really love that film yeah yeah. And I think the most stolen thing that we had, because it was hard to get, is Rock and Roll Disciples. That was like always really? missing out of the inventory. <laughs> and it was really expensive to replace yeah. it. Because yeah. we had to get it from Japan oh, wow. all the time. Yeah, the Japanese yeah. version. And um, Kathy, how about you? I don't know. I do remember, like Patty said, the ones that were really tough to find, that Black Orpheus was another one that we were like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> the thing that I get very sort of um, heartened by or turned on by when I'm talking to people about the collection are all of the filmmakers who I kind of met or found later, you know, in, in my career, I've lived in LA almost 25 years, but I'm from New York. I didn't grow up with idiots as a kid. But then say somebody like Heather Ray, who's an amazing, very active filmmaker and producer. Um, Heather dropped her first movie off to Patty and Kathy because she didn't know what else to do with it. <laughs> and it was wow. a sort of experimental doc about her home birth experience. Wow. And because Patty and Kathy were known as being very welcoming and supportive of emerging filmmakers, you know, we have that in in our collection. And even Heather was like, I can't believe that somebody has that. She was like, I don't even know if I oh have my God. Heard somewhere. Also, I don't, I think wasn't let it be not available. Right. I don't know if it became available, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. Whatever, yeah, we were like the only ones that yeah. had it. No one had it. But also the, some of the weird stuff that we, uh, you know, um, we were told like some of these old Russ Meyer movies that we had that, uh, the archivist said something like, oh, his gardener has, you know, in charge of his estate now that he's, or whatever it was, it was like, you can't get this anymore. Um, so, yeah. A lot of animation yeah. that's really hard to find, a lot of experimental stuff, and then some like really mainstream titles that just never made it through um, to, to digital, largely. Music rights, yeah, right. mostly yeah. like some mm -hmm. random thing would just, like we got it in this small little window and then they did, someone didn't have the music right, so it got pulled. Yeah, we used to have the Kenneth Anger whole set um, and there was some Stones movie, uh, music in one of them, I think, that wasn't sanctioned. Oh, um, I think someone stole that, actually. I don't know if we have it anymore. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> 
a lot of theft in video stores. Oh, that seems well, to be a running theme with the uh, hard to find stuff that people would say, "Oh, can I buy it?" And we'd be no, and they would just rent it and right. not return it. So, um, my gosh, Patty, Kathy, Maggie, having you on was so huge. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Doctor. So much. It was a fun interview. Thank you. Well, I cannot wait to welcome you into the new space. I'm really excited to do that. Same here. Well, thank you, guys. We will uh, talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. Satisfied as long as I walk, let me walk close to thee. Rewind the tape and risk breaking my nails. No, thank you. Gag me. You kids get away from that curtain. You're not 18. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four. Is it five star rating? <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five star rating on iTunes. We really. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our website at two dollar latefee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at two dollar latefee podcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.